0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Our first lesson for this fourth Sunday in Advent is found recorded in the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, beginning at verse 10. The Lord spoke to Ahaz again. He said, Ask for a sign from the Lord your God. Ask for it either in the depths below or in the heights above. But Ahaz responded, I will not ask. I will not test the Lord. So Isaiah said, Listen now, you house of David. Is it not enough for you to test the patience of men? Will you test the patience of my God as well? Therefore, the Lord himself will give a sign for all of you. Look, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and name him Emmanuel. The word of the Lord. Our next lesson is found recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised in advance through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. This gospel is about his son, who in the flesh was born a descendant of David, who in the spirit of holiness was declared to be God's powerful son by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him we receive grace and the call to be an apostle on behalf of his name, to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles, including you who were called by Jesus Christ. To all those loved by God who are in Rome called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, beginning at the 18th verse. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. His mother Mary was pledged in marriage to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her. So he decided to divorce her privately. But as he was considering these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream, and he said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this happened to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Look, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife, but he was not intimate with her until she gave birth to her firstborn son, and he named him Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, beginning at the ver- verse 18. Now, when we think of the Christmas account, we always go to Luke, chapter 2. And this is the account that begins with, you know, in the days of Caesar Augustus, who issued a decree and, and so forth and so on. In all the other Gospels, there is no other Christmas account except for Matthew. And Matthew gives the perspective to what the Lord had to say to Joseph, who was a descendant of David. And with this in mind, I'd like to read these beautiful words once again. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ took place. His mother Mary was pledged in marriage to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her, so he decided to divorce her privately. But as he was considering these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this happened to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He took Mary home as his wife, and he was not intimate with her until she gave birth to her firstborn son, and he named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, in the creed we confess that We believe that our Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior, and also the world's Lord and Savior, was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. But why the emphasis on the word virgin? If if we confess that conceived by the Holy Spirit, why not just simply say, born of Mary? Why the emphasis? Why is it so important for us to confess a virgin birth and that Mary was a virgin? By the way, some don't believe she really was. Some believe that when it comes to this passage in Isaiah 7 as well as in Matthew 1 here, the virgin is simply the word for young woman, which means she could have had relationships before she got married. So who knows whose child this really is? But the thing is, is in the original language, whether you look at the Old Testament word or the New Testament word, which would be in the Greek language, the word young woman always refers to a woman who is not married and has not had any relations with another man. So to say young woman is to say a virgin. That's how the word is always used, without exception. Now, there are those who believe that the virgin, Mary had to be a virgin so that Jesus could be sinless. Remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus, flesh gives birth to flesh? In other words, sinful flesh gives birth to sinful flesh. We know this when it came to Cain and Abel. They were not born in God's image. They were born in the image of Adam. They inherited a sinful nature, which led to committing sins. That's even true right to us today. Each and every one of us have inherited a sinful nature. So if Mary was a sinful human being, then in order for her, in order for Jesus, She would have to be a virgin, and in being a virgin, that made her pure and innocent. Some even go so far as to say sinless. But is that what really made Jesus sinless? I cannot think of a scripture passage that really speaks that way and supports that. But I will say this, the importance of Mary being a virgin was explained to Joseph. We know very little about Joseph. And in fact, it seems like he perhaps even died at an early age because when Jesus was 30 and at the wedding of Canaan, we hear about Mary, but we do not hear about Joseph. We are told that he is a righteous man. It doesn't mean that he was sinless. No, he too, like all of us, badly need a savior, but he was a righteous man in the sense that he took serious and obeyed the holy commands and will of God. And yet this righteous man had to be just devastated when he found out that his wife was pregnant. Now keep in mind that when it comes to wedding ceremonies today, we tend to do everything in one day. We have the vows, we have the party, and then, and then we have the couple coming together as husband and wife. But that was not the case during Jesus' time. There was usually a private ceremony, and, and usually among friends, and probably even called for signing some ter- certificate. And then there would be either a month to several months of a wait, And then the party would happen where you invited not just your immediate relatives, but all of them and your friends as well. And then it was during that ceremony that the husband would go over to the wife's home and bring her to his. And then it was after that they would come together as husband and wife. The vows were made months before, and therefore Joseph was married. To They were husband and wife. So don't be surprised to hear that he's going to divorce her, even though they didn't have the party and the opportunity to come together. Joseph, again, had to be devastated to think that his wife cheated on him. She made a vow of faithfulness. And now she is pregnant? It has to be with another man. He didn't come up with the conclusion that it was a virgin birth. No. So it made sense that he would divorce her quietly. By the way, he had every legal right to bring her before the magistrates and the elders and to have her publicly exposed and embarrassed and even tortured and punished. But this righteous man loved Mary dearly and decided to do it privately. This is when the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. This isn't just Joseph dreaming about an angel. This is the angel speaking to him in a dream. And it says the angel of the Lord. And we know that that term is a unique term. Sometimes we see it capitalized. Here it's a small letter. When it's capitalized, that's an interpretation that's pointing to the fact that this is talking about the Savior, the Son of God, really Jesus before he took on human flesh. One of the beautiful examples of of the angel of the Lord appearing was in the burning bush. And it was Moses who called the angel of the Lord God. It was the angel of the Lord who referred to himself as the great I Am, which is translated the Lord. But in this case, Mary is conceived by the Holy Spirit. This angel of the Lord cannot be the Lord Jesus before taking on human flesh. He's growing in the womb of Mary. So this angel of the Lord was an angel that the Lord sent in his behalf to speak to Joseph. Many believe it was Gabriel, and it could have been. We just don't know. But here's what we do know. Here's what's truly important. The angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She was conceived by the Holy Spirit, which means that God is the Father. Yes, Mary is the mother of our Lord, but God is the Father. Therefore, the importance of the virgin birth is the proof that God is the Father. No one else could claim to be the Father, not even Joseph himself. We're told that he didn't even have relationships with Mary during the time of the pregnancy. And I don't doubt, as husband and wife, that after that they came together. But before then, we don't have DNA testing. There's no no way of checking to see who's the real father of Jesus. We know who the real father is. Because the virgin birth proves it. And what is important about this virgin birth is summed up beautifully in the name that the angel of the Lord told both Mary and Joseph to give to this firstborn son, call him Jesus. The the Old Testament word for Jesus is the word Joshua. It's actually a rather popular word. The word itself literally means the Lord saves. Not the word Lord in the sense of Lord like master and king, but Lord always in the sense of the great I am. This is the Savior God. This is the God who is slow to anger and and abounding in love. This is a God who hates sin and a God who's coming to pay for those sins. And that's the part of the Lord saves. His very name tells us who he is, but it also tells us what he will do. And what he has done is he has saved all people from their sins. This is God who has taken on human flesh. This is God who is the Son of God and the Son of Man. He became the Son of Man so he could take our place, be our substitute. He came to do what we cannot do. He kept that law perfectly. He offered that perfect life as a sacrifice for sins. He paid the debt and won for us the victory of heaven. And because he is God, this counts for everyone. For only through faith in him are we truly saved. only through faith in him are we blessed with the forgiveness of sins and the sure hope that heaven is our home. my dear friends this is the true savior we worship at christmas time there are a lot of jesus's out there but they're always just men the true lord jesus sent from god is god himself who took on human flesh and is truly our Savior. We do not celebrate just a cute little baby. We celebrate our salvation because the Lord saves, or better yet, because he is Jesus. Now this should not have been surprising to Joseph the angel even quotes from the Old Testament, which we heard read from the lectern. Look, the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. This was foretold 700 years before the birth of Christ, that the virgin will give birth to a son. And this Emmanuel, this is God with us, God among us, God who's taken on flesh. This was all prophesied long ago. The angel truly wasn't telling Joseph something new. But what I truly find amazing is these words from Isaiah were originally proclaimed by Isaiah at the time of King Ahaz. He was king of the southern kingdom of Judah. And if you remember, the southern kingdom of Judah that lasted over 400 years, Half the kings were faithful to the Lord, the other half were not. Ahaz is one of those who are not. He is one of the worst kings of Israel. He doesn't turn to the Lord himself for help. He doesn't pray to the Almighty God, even though he is a descendant of David, and therefore in the line of the Savior, Ahaz was a horrifying king. The northern kingdom of Israel was attacking him. The king north of that, Syria, was going to attack him. And instead of turning to the Lord God Almighty, instead he called in for the Assyrians, who, by the way, would love to come in, because he would have to pay them off. And now Isaiah comes and says, You ask the Lord for a sign. And Ahaz says, I'm not going to ask for a sign. He didn't need to ask for a sign. He didn't need any hope. He had the Assyrians. But Isaiah said, when God calls for you to ask for a sign, you ask for a sign. And this will be the sign. The virgin will be with child and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel. During the darkest times in Israel, during the darkness of spiritual immorality, came this beautiful message of the Savior. I find this so comforting because I really do believe that we're living in a time of darkness. I'm not going to get into all the political stuff and all the economics that are out there But I will say this, spiritually speaking, more and more people are falling away from their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I just heard a statistic last week that Christianity is now not considered the number one religion in the world because the numbers of Christians are dropping rapidly, day after day, which means... Christianity will become more and more the minority. But in the light of darkness, there is piercing through it the light, the light of our salvation, the light that is this babe of Bethlehem, the very Savior whom the angels spoke about when they announced it to the shepherds that this is Christ the Lord. But we know him as we were called to know him. This is Jesus the Lord saves. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.